0: Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at GT Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. Thank you. well, wow, that was exciting. I couldn't even get onto the stages. There's so many people being baptized. Praise the Lord for that. This is a great day. One of my favorite days in church is Baptism Sunday, and so I'm so glad you're here to celebrate with us, and we're going to be doing baptisms at the end of the service. They're going to go get ready now, and so we're going to prepare our hearts for that. But I want to bring a message to you that is about the idea of inward transformation. And that's exactly what we're going to see taking place in this tank. When we baptize people, we always use this phrase. We say baptism is an outward expression of inward transformation. So you're expressing on the outside something that's already taken place on the inside. And you know, that message of inward transformation is not just for these 27 or 8 people that are being baptized today. It's for all of us. And so I just want to take a moment and talk about transformation, look and see what the scripture has to say about inward transformation that applies to every one of us as followers of Jesus. And even those who aren't followers of Jesus yet have an opportunity to take that step today. And so, so we're going to look at that idea. We're going to see a picture of transformation right before our eyes. You know, when I think about transformation, the the thing that first popped into my mind was that about a year and a half ago, we did a, a grad party for my son, Zach, who graduated. It was a COVID grad, and so we couldn't really do a big thing, but we did something in our backyard, and I pulled out all of his school pictures from kindergarten to grade 12, and I laid them out in a row, and you got to see before your eyes this, like, little boy with glasses and curly hair transforming into a man. And it was amazing to see, like, his face changing each year, just a little bit every year. But from the beginning to the end, he's a completely different person. He had the same corny smile the whole time, all 12 years, like <laughs> like the boy smile, you know, like you forced me to smile. And so I just did that. I didn't know what else to do, mom. I just do that smile. Um, but you saw the transformation. It was such a vivid picture for me. Right now, our daughter Mia, our youngest daughter has braces. Um, she had a couple of teeth missing. Um, that she just actually doesn't have. The dentist told us that that's because she has Viking genetics, and they are missing those teeth, too. So I was like, okay, well, great. We're going to go with that. We're Vikings. Um, Sounds awesome. So she uh, she had big gaps in her teeth and she felt self-conscious about it but she got these braces and honestly it was like instant transformation her bones are still growing and moving and so uh, at that age when you have braces they move so quickly and literally every time we go to the dentist every month he's like wow this is amazing they're moving so fast it's completely transformed her teeth, her mouth, her smile, her face really and and so I'm seeing this picture every month of this transformation this month he's like okay we're going to move these two and next we're going to move those two and it's just going to all be Perfect. And so I see the transformation. When you look into nature, the thing that I thought about as I started to think about transformation was this perfect picture of transformation in a butterfly. You know, the metamorphosis of a butterfly of a caterpillar into a butterfly it takes about 10 to 14 days and it's literally transforming this creepy crawly disgusting little creature that you try to like get off of you if it's on and Andy actually torches them in our backyard in our tree I'm sorry to say because we got nests of them and they're like falling everywhere um, all of a sudden that thing goes into this cocoon and metamorphosis takes place and it becomes a butterfly, something incredible, something totally different right before our eyes. Well, you know, the Bible teaches us that there is an inward transformation that also takes place in us as we make a decision to follow Jesus. And then also as we allow him to live in us and we live out of his power and his strength. And so so like that butterfly that transformation takes place to make us more beautiful, to make us more more like Jesus, actually to make us into a better version of ourselves than we were before. And that continues our whole lives. That process never ends. It doesn't happen one time when you accept Jesus. It doesn't happen, you know, stop happening when you turn 40 or something. It keeps going. We keep getting better and better in Jesus name. You're going to receive that today. You just keep getting better and better. That's, that's sort of the opposite of what the world tells us, isn't it? The world world says you keep getting worse and worse. You get older, you gain weight, you're not as beautiful, you're not, you don't have the same capacity, you don't have the same strength. Um, You know, the world goes after change from the outside in to say, hey, you can counteract the effects of age. You can eat this food and it's gonna make you feel amazing. You can take this product and put it on your skin and you're gonna feel younger than ever. You can wear these clothes and you're just gonna be transformed, but these are all external things. And the Bible tells us that the transformation that takes place is internal, and we actually get better and better. We don't decline. We get better. Hopefully, if you're married, you can say that about your spouse. You can say, like, honey, you just get better every day, and I hope that they believe you, because it's true. In Jesus' name, you're getting better. So the Bible teaches us this encouraging truth, that we're being continually transformed into the likeness of Jesus. He's perfect in every way. And every day, every step of our spiritual journey, we become more like him. And that change actually starts on the inside and flows out. And so that's what we're going to look at today. It's the opposite of what the world says. You don't start with lotions and clothes and products and hair dye. You start on the inside in your spirit. And so this transformation begins very first with a transformed spirit. It begins in the deepest, most inward part of us. And that's our spirit. You know, the spirit is the part of us that connects us to God. We're we're the only created being that has a spirit. No other animal does, no other being, no living thing has a spirit. God breathed his spirit into humanity and then he made it alive when you receive Jesus. So it's the part of us that comes alive when we accept Jesus as Lord, when we put our faith in him. Our spirit is made new in Christ when that happens. And it's a miracle. It's something that we can actually only really understand through the eyes of faith. I'm going to read you a bunch of different verses today. They're going to come up on the screen so you can follow along. But we're just, this is a message about truth today. The truth of what God does in us and what he's still doing in us. And so you can follow along with the verses, but just be encouraged. Many of them are verses you'll know, some of them you won't, but it's going to point us to the truth of transformation. So we'll start in 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. That's a verse about transformation. You can see it clearly there. The old is gone, the new is here, and this spirit transformation can only come from one source, and that source is Jesus Christ. Acts 4.12 says this, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Here at Coastline, if you're here very long or hopefully even just one week, you're gonna hear us talking all about next steps because we believe in it. We believe that everyone's on a spiritual journey and that every person has next steps to take. There's hundreds of different next steps you could take. What we're gonna see in the tank today is one next step that many people are taking. Maybe God's gonna call you to take that as well after you see it and witness that. But we believe that there's so many different steps you can take and we're here to help you take those steps. Um, But every single person has the same, very same first step. And that step is to receive Jesus. And that's a step you can take even today, like Pastor Chris was talking about. I'll give you an opportunity again at the end of this message to to receive Jesus, maybe for the very first time. Because once you receive Christ in your life and you're saved, the Bible says you're justified by faith. And that means your spirit's been made alive, just as it was always intended to be, just the way God made it in you. And you have the promise of eternal life with Christ. But I really wanted to stress that it doesn't end there. The work of God's spirit in us does not end there. Some people accept Jesus like, I'm good, I'm a Christian, I'm going to heaven. And that's where they remain for the remainder of their lives. And that's actually a really sad statement. It's one of maybe the saddest things that we see in the church is people who don't walk out the transforming power of Christ and the Holy Spirit in their lives. They just stay saved. So that's step one God has entered your life. The Spirit of God has made you alive. But he also fills you and strengthens you with power to live this transformed life. And this is great news. 2 Peter 1, verse verse 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. He doesn't just save us. He gives us everything we need to walk it out. So as Christians, your spirit has come alive in Christ. And it now becomes sensitized to the things that are close to God's heart. And that sensitivity moves into every part of our being. It starts in our spirit, and then it moves through our bodies. And, and next, I think, what we see in the scripture is a transformed mind. We're going to spend a minute here because the mind is where the real battle of life takes place. How many of you know that? How many of us have experienced that? So much happens in our minds, in our thoughts, before it ever comes to the surface in our words or actions. It informs so much of who we are, how we feel, what we say, and what we do. You know, we know that it's possible for someone that you see even today to appear completely fine on the outside, look like they have it all together, their life is perfect and their their family is perfect and they must just be doing great, but they actually have a battle raging in their minds that we can't see and even if you're a follower of Christ, you can still be having the struggle of your life in your mind. And so we're so aware of that. We're all touched and aware of the idea of anxiety and mental illness and the struggle that takes place, the battle in the mind. But I'm so thankful that the Bible also addresses our minds. In fact, in fact, there's a lot of verses. We're not going to look at them all today. But the Bible really addresses our minds because it's so key when we talk about transformation. Let's look at Romans 12:2. The beginning of the verse says this, "'Do not conform to the pattern of this world, "'but be transformed by the renewing of your mind.'" So I was, when I was studying, I was looking up um, some of the Greek words, which often you do because it gives meaning to what exactly the writer meant um, when we translated it into English. And I was so excited. I was like the really nerdy person that w- Andy walked into the office and I was like, Andy, guess what the Greek word is for transformed. This is so great. It totally links to my message. The Greek word for transformation in this verse is metamorphou. Does that sound familiar to us? The butterfly, metamorphosis, it's the exact same word. It means to change into another form. So God actually provides us the power to change us from one form, which was on our own before we knew Christ, into a completely different form, and that's a follower of Christ. And how do we do that? How does that take place? How does that happen? Paul says it in this verse. Be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And this word renewing, it means to make a complete change for the better. And so I'm going use one other place in the Bible, and I think this is really interesting. It's used in the book of Titus, another book that Paul wrote, and, and he says to Titus that God saved us through the washing of rebirth and by the renewal of the Holy Spirit. That same word renewal, but notice it takes place by the Holy Spirit. It's only his work that that accomplishes this in our souls and minds. The power of the Holy Spirit. It's not something we strive for. It's not something we have to like search around for and figure out the method and, and the formula. It's the work of God in our lives. But it's also something we have to partner with God in. And I think this is the most key piece of the message for most of us, is we have to submit to this work. Paul instructs his followers this. You have to allow the renewing of your mind. It's something he commands them to do. So obviously it's something that we take part in. We have a choice to submit to the work of God, to partner with the work of God. Or we can resist it. We can limit it. And that doesn't mean we're not saved. It means we're not walking in the fullness that God has for us. And so I want us to be able to do that today. You know, in this battleground of our minds, we have the power of God. I think one of the most powerful things we can do is the power to filter what comes into our minds. You know, in order to completely change something for the better, you have to change what goes into it, right? If you bake a cake and it's disgusting it's because you put the wrong ingredients into it. You can't like make it again and just think, oh, I'm going to just bake it for a little longer or I'm going to just like mix it a few more times. If it tastes disgusting, it's because it is disgusting. You put gross things in it. So you did something wrong. You have to change what goes in. you got to change the ingredients. And it's the same with our minds. In order for complete transformation or renewal to take place, we have to change what comes in. And that requires a filter. God's spirit in us, and the Word of God should be used as our filter. I'm going to read you a verse that we use a lot in our house. We talk about it a lot. Um, I say it to my kids all the time, and I use it in my own life as a filter. This is a great verse, Philippians 4.8. Says, Paul says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This is how the word of God becomes our filter. You use it like that. You ask yourself if what you're thinking, is it true? That's, you could just stop right there half the time. Is it true? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it excellent or praiseworthy? Andy and I were having a conversation yesterday and he stopped and he said, is this true? Is this excellent or praiseworthy? Because we were talking about this verse and we got off track and, and he was able to remind me And I remind myself, I remind my children, I use this a lot when they're having like really negative self-talk or feeling really bad about themselves or just rehearsing something really negative in their minds. Is that true? Is that right? Is that pure and lovely? You know, when we begin to fill our minds with God's truth, that truth begins to override any other messages that threaten to take control of our minds. And in fact, if we don't do that, I think we're going to miss hearing God. We're not going to hear God speak to us. We're not going to hear him lead us or guide us and or instruct us. I think that's the number one thing that when I sit with people, they say, is I just want to. I want to hear from God. I want to know what he wants for me. I want to understand what he's saying to me, what he wants for my life. I want to hear him personally. And I think that God wants to do that. I know God wants to do that in us, but there's ways that we can limit God. We cannot hear him because, number one, our mind is cluttered. There's no filter on it. It's so full of all the input that's coming in from media, from the pace of our world, from all the things that clutter up our minds so we don't know how to stop and slow down and let God speak, make space for him to speak. God doesn't yell at us. You know that? The Bible says he's got a still, small voice. The world yells at us all the time. Don't you feel like that sometimes? You're just like, if you watch the news or go on social media before bed, I think that's the worst thing we could do. I think that's the enemy right there being like, just fill your mind with all the clutter, with all the stuff that's so overwhelming so that you can't even sleep, so that your soul is vexed. And so you can't rest and let God speak to you. We're gonna talk about that in a second. I think another reason we can't hear God sometimes is because our mind is out of alignment with God. It's like I picture two two roads running parallel to each other. Think of like, you know when you go through Vancouver and there's like the main highway, which is like a really bad highway anyways, and then there's like the little side road through Abbotsford and Chilliwack. You know what I mean? Like you, they run right beside each other, but if you were on one and someone else was on the other and they're trying to like yell at you as you pass through their car, you would never hear them. It's like, we're not on the same road. We're not in alignment. I have no idea what you're saying. This happens in our house all the time. My daughter, one daughter's bedroom is downstairs in like the back corner of the house. And, you know, like parents do, instead of going down there and getting all my steps, I just yell at her all the time. And she's like, she can't hear me. She's on the other side of the house. And he yells at me from the other room. Not, okay, he doesn't yell at me. He's not here. I can't tell lies on him. He talks to me from the other room while he runs water all the time. It's like, I'm brushing my teeth and talking to you. And I'm in a different room. Like, I can't, I can't hear you. We're like not on the same road. We're not in alignment, right? Sometimes that happens with God. We're not in alignment. We don't have a filter. So I want you to just consider today even what it is that you're letting into your mind. Do you put a filter on it ever? Do you limit your content? Do you know how to turn it off sometimes? How to be silent and let God speak to you? You know, Thomas, who's up at our sound desk, he shared with me that during COVID, he, he um, canceled his cable, he canceled his internet, and he lives alone. And so he was like, I had a really quiet house. And I actually had to learn how to just be silent and how to be still and make space for God to speak to me. And it was hard because that is so countercultural. It's not natural for us to do that. And, and that's a drastic measure. But, but he wanted to hear God. And he's like, I'm going to limit all the other things. I'm going to filter it all out. So what are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you reading? And this certainly applies to social media. I think it really also applies to news and to newspapers. Are you constantly filling your mind with so much content that there's no room left for God, you haven't filtered anything out? You know, I just wanna give you permission today to take charge of your own social media account. I know not every one of you has it, but most of you do. Do you know that you can mute people, you can unfollow people, and that's okay. And I'm actually going to give you permission to do that. Some of them you need to do that too. Maybe they'll be mad, but your soul is going to be better for it. Your spirit will be stronger. You're going to be more in alignment with God. Fill your mind, fill your feed with things that are life-giving to you. I actually choose to follow people um, that I admire that I want to be like, that I can learn from, that I that encourage me. They're not necessarily all my friends, a lot of them I don't know. Some of my friends It's better for me not to follow, like my personal friends, because their stuff isn't that uplifting to me. But I follow people that I admire and that I respect and that encourage me. I follow Good News Movement, and I'm just gonna give a little prop for that. It's not a Christian um, Instagram account, but I cry every time I watch it. And it's so uplifting, and I always show my kids, I'm like, sit down, I'm gonna show you seven of these, because they're just, it's like the good in humanity and the sweetest little moments, and it encourages my soul. And it's filling my mind with good and true and right things. So you have the power to do that too. Remember, you're a new creation. You're not like everyone else. You've been transformed if you're a follower of Jesus. So you have the power to continue to transform your mind so you can think differently about your life, about the world, about yourself, and everything that's happening around you. You know, the last area where I see this outflowing taking place, this outworking is in our body, a transformed body. And so, like we said, the world says it comes from the outside in. God teaches us that it's from the inside out. So it starts in the spirit, internal. It moves to your mind, internal. And then it comes out through your body, through your actions, through the way that you live. And that's the external part, but that comes last. So this isn't, like, I'm not going to give you an Instagram ad of how to drop 30 pounds in 30 days. Like, how to transform your body. I am kind of intrigued by those when I see them. Like, you guys watch them too. You know, they're like, just watch my 10-minute infomercial, and you could go from looking like this to looking like this. And it is intriguing, but we know it's a lie. We know there's like always a catch. you got to, like, sign up for their thing and then pay the money and then get the book, and it's it's too much work. And it's not real. This is the real transformation of God. Once our spirit and our mind are transformed, or being transformed, then there's this practical outflow into our external lives, represented by our bodies. So we move from what comes in to then what flows out. And like I said, just because you're a Christian, just because you're a follower of Jesus, does not mean that this transformation is automatic. You can be a Christian your whole life and never live a transformed mind or body. We have to participate in this work, okay? So it's the Holy Spirit in us that first leads us to Jesus, then begins the process in us and gives us a new way of thinking, a new lens. And then all of a sudden, something new and different and life-giving begins to flow out of us. And Paul calls that in the Bible the fruit of the Spirit. You've probably heard this verse. Let's read together what what this fruit is. In Galatians 5.22, Paul says, "'But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives.'" Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. I like, some of you are whispering that along with me. I like that. Thank you. Um, this is a great verse to memorize. If you're going to start with memorizing scripture, or get your family to memorize something, your kids to memorize it. Memorize this. These are the qualities that are produced in us as we walk in step with God, as we allow Him to continue this transformation in our lives. And this isn't natural. You don't wake up in the morning and feel like who wakes up in the morning and feels love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. You know, like we got to stop at love because we already have problems. You might feel happy in your bed and then you open your door and the world hits you and you don't feel any of these things in your natural self. This is supernatural. This is the supernatural work of God. We submit our bodies to this work. We submit our lives to this work. And this is the fruit that comes out. What I love about fruit is a couple of things. One, it's nourishing to others, right? Fruit isn't for yourself. You've probably heard Andy say this before. Like the tree is not enjoying its own fruit. It's not like self feeding off of its own apples. That'd be weird. They're for somebody else. The fruit is to nourish somebody else. Also, the fruit, it has to grow. We have a huge apple tree in our backyard, and in the spring, it starts with flowers, and it's covered in flowers, and we're like, oh, it's going to be a big crop this year. So, first the flowers, then the little tiny buds, and like, it's like, The cutest little apples are literally half an inch big, these tiny little apples that start to sprout on there. And then over the whole season, they grow and they become larger and riper and more beautiful and delicious. And then in the fall, we pick them. But that takes time. That process of transformation takes time, right? The fruit has to ripen. It takes energy. It takes very careful attention. It's not instant, and it's the same with us. In Colossians, Paul reminds the church that the work of God, the transformation in our lives, is an ongoing process in our lives. So I just want you to be encouraged by that. You're not alone in the fact that you haven't arrived yet, that the work is still happening, that when you look at this list, you're like, oh, wow, okay, i gotta, I got to keep working on the fruit, right? Um, you know, when I very first was a Christian, I memorized this verse, and I was like, okay, I'm going to just start with the first one. I'm going to start with love, and then I'm going to try to master it. And then when I master that, I'm going to get on to joy. And like, who knows? I never got past love, right? It's like, I was thinking like 10 weeks, 10 qualities. I'm going to be a new person. Well, it doesn't work that way because we don't try. We don't strive. We don't like squeeze them out. We just, we rest in God. We partner with God. We allow him to transform us from the inside out. And this becomes the fruit. So it's a process, and we're all on the journey together. But we get to participate, and I think there's such joy in that. There's such adventure in this. I want you to feel encouraged by this message, not discouraged. I want you to feel encouraged about the joy and the adventure that we get to be on because God promises us us that we can choose what comes into our minds. We have the strength to say no to things that are not feeding the work of God inside of us. And we have the power to bear fruit in our lives that can be a blessing to others. That is encouraging. I'm thankful for that. We have the power to live a transformed life. And we're gonna see a picture of that today. We're gonna celebrate it together. But this applies to you as much as it applies to everybody in that tank today. So I wanna pray for you today. I wanna pray for those of you that maybe have never had the transforming work of God in your spirit. And you can do that today. You can take that very first step with Jesus. We wanna help you do that. And for many of us who have done that, I wanna pray that God's gonna continue to strengthen you, to reveal to you the areas that he wants to transform in your life. So would you just pray with me? Bow your heads. In this place, Jesus, we're so thankful that you are a transforming God. I thank you for the promises of your word, for the power of the scripture today that's washing over us and giving us hope, God, that you are going to perform this transformation in us as we partner with you. And so, for those today that have never put their faith in Jesus before, never taken that very first step of having their spirit transformed, God, would you pray with me? People can pray right now. God, would you come? Holy Spirit, fill my life. I accept you, Jesus, as my Savior. I thank you for dying for me. I thank you for taking my sin and my shame and conquering death to make me a new creation, to give me new life, and to transform me by the power of your Holy Spirit. So I choose to make you Lord of my life. I choose to put you on the top, you on the throne of my heart. I'm gonna trust you and walk with you. And for the rest of us, I just pray, Lord, that you would continue your transforming work. For those of us that are halted or stuck, God, would you keep us moving? Would you reveal to us, Holy Spirit, areas what you want to transform, that you want to cleanse, that you want to redeem, that you want to filter in our lives? Would you speak to us about what comes in and how we can filter that? God, I pray that you would just continue your beautiful and deep transforming work so that this church would be filled with people that are full of the fruit of the Spirit. That it would be so attractional that others couldn't help but be drawn into it. So use us, God. Teach us. Deepen your work in us and continue to transform us by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.